squad. Mizzy World Entertainment is back to present another episode of Mad Mizzy Sports Live. We got a crazy episode this Tuesday, back on our normal day and time. We started off going back to the championship round in the NFL this past Sunday. And just wanted to touch on a lot of the Lamar Jackson backlash that I've been hearing. And I really don't want to say that um, people are haters or I don't really want to go in the way I typically do simply because I, I do feel as though it's a lot of pain. I feel like a lot of people expected a lot from Lamar Jackson and I I seen it. You get what I'm saying? Like I, I seen him pressing. You get what I'm saying? So the stuff that people are saying aren't, they aren't wrong, but they, they, I think people are going a little extreme, and I think um, people are a little being a little bit harsh on Lamar Jackson. You get what I'm saying? I hear the great Stephen A. Smith. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. I really got my vocabulary vocabulary up by just listening to first take as I was growing up. You get what I'm saying? So shouts out to Stephen A. Smith, the goat. But um, I'm hearing him saying he's questioning can Lamar Jackson win the Super Bowl, and it's just like to me, it wouldn't be harsh or it wouldn't be I wouldn't be speaking on it if y'all saying that about it. You get what I'm saying? Like, if we're going to sit up here and we're going to nitpick at Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, when he is healthy, the, the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL throughout the regular season. To sit up here and to say that he cannot figure out how to get past this playoff hump that's in front of him, like it hasn't been in front of Steve Young, who had two MVPs before he got that monkey off his back. Like it hasn't been on the same back of Peyton Manning, my favorite quarterback. Oh, this is why I get so frustrated about the Lamar Jackson um narrative is because i watched peyton manning and i've watched him press as he was going against the the combination of bill belichick and tom brady we're not going like i'm not like can this past sunday to me i'm not going to say it's an excuse because even with peyton manning you got to figure it out but you we're going to sit up here and act like it didn't affect him that it was the combination of andy reed and patrick mahomes with Travis Kelsey playing in his mind? Come on, man. We 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 not gonna do that. You get what I'm saying? And if we're gonna hold Lamar Jackson to that standard, we get, then we gotta hold that to every to every quarterback's every quarterback standard. Josh Allen, we should be saying that about Josh Allen. He's only gotten to one AFC championship game. It was an amazing game, but he lost. And he hasn't sniffed it since. You get what I'm saying? No MVPs, no Super Bowl appearance. We should be saying this about uh Joe Burrow. Yes, he's been to a Super Bowl, but he lost. We've seen the same narrative with Dan Marino. Got to a Super Bowl very early in his career. Lost to a better team. Never got back. You get what I'm saying? I'm not saying that's going to happen with Joe Burrow. I'm not rooting for that to happen with Joe Burrow. I'm not predicting that that's going to happen with Joe Burrow. You get what I'm saying? All I'm saying is the possibility is out there, and we need to be saying this about every quarterback if we're holding Lamar Jackson to that standard. And I was hard on Lamar Jackson last night. I was hard on him. You get what I'm saying? I basically listen. Brock Purdy outplayed you in the championship round. That doesn't mean he's better. That doesn't mean anything other than he outplayed you in the most important game of the year, bro. You get what I'm saying? And that has to eat on you this summer. I don't think I touched on that, but I wanted to say that this this performance should weigh on you. You get what I'm saying? When you out in vacation and you out with your family, in the back of your mind, plays should be running through your head like, damn, I should have took off here. Or I could have threw I could have threw that pass. I could have attempted this. I'm not even talking about the interception and the fumble. I'm talking about the plays you left on the field. So um, for me, I I don't see it as hate. I see it as just pain, man. Because I know I was hurt. I was hurt at 
that game not being being very being being very anticlimactic the way it started off. They both go down the field. They both have exciting first touchdowns. They right at each other, and then we get twenty points the rest of the game. No, hold on, we get one more touchdown. We get thirteen points the rest of the game. Come on, man. Come on, man. That, that, that was just anticlimactic. You get what I'm saying? Let's move on, though, to the big game, the big game that's coming up. Let me touch on Super Bowl 58 for a little bit. My San Francisco 49ers that are the participants once again, second time in five years. Um, <laughs> uh, We're going up against Patrick, the great Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, as I just spoke on. What's at stake for this uh, game? What's at stake is revenge. This is the rematch. This is the rematch, punks. You get what I'm saying? But um, for real, for real, what's at stake is what's at stake is a huge contract for Brock Purdy. He he wins the sixth. He wins the sixth for the San Francisco 49ers. We talk about the Dallas Cowboys, and if you win for the Dallas Cowboys, you set. Hey, listen, man. Steve Young ain't hurting. Joe Money ain't hurting. Jerry Rice ain't hurting. You feel what I'm saying? So um, if he wins the sixth ring, the sixth Lombardi for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, it just means he's guaranteed to get that big check. He's guaranteed to get that major contract. He's guaranteed to get paid like a top quarterback, and I'd say he deserves it. I mean, we've gone just as long as the Dallas Cowboys without a Lombardi. It doesn't matter to me if I feel like he's going to live up to that contract, if he's going to be. Listen, I'm here for a Lombardi, bro, and that's all I've been debating. And uh, that's why I had to come out and give my apology to Brock yesterday because we are in the Super Bowl with a chance to bring that Lombardi home. And that's all you ask for as a, as a fan. That's all you ask for as a fan. So that's at stake for my San Francisco 49ers. But for the Kansas City Chiefs, it's just um, dominance. The claim to being the team of the 20s, the roaring 2020s. So, um, and honestly, what I'm scared of because I, I spoke on a narrative with Lamar Jackson that people think on it because it all plays in our mind. We know people are going to talk. We know people are watching just so they can react, just so they can talk, just so people like me can come on here and talk. You get what I'm saying? So people know the narratives are playing in their mind. And, says, and to me, the narrative is playing in my mind. The narrative five, ten years from now, the Kansas City Chiefs were the team of the Roaring Twenties winning Three, four, five Super Bowls beating the San Francisco 49ers, who were possibly the most dominant team at that time, twice in the Super Bowl. You get what I'm saying? Like how they talk about the Dallas Cowboys beating the Buffalo Bills twice. It's, um, it's something that weighs on me is that narrative, man. You feel what I'm saying? And that's out there for the Kansas City Chiefs. For the taking, this has been their down year, and it's just scary because the um com the competitive nature of Patrick Mahomes, coupled with the offensive creativity of Andy Reid, coupled with the um rules being geared more towards scoring now, it's just going. Listen, man, like I said. You got to embrace that. You got to go through that gauntlet, man. You feel them? They they like that super balls on that game. That you looking for a challenge, and it's like, bro, you you really you really can't beat them. You feel them when you do beat them. It's like you know what I'm saying a lifetime goal. You feel what I'm saying? So, for me, 
the Kansas City Chiefs, what's at stake is um, taking claim to being another dynasty, something that we thought we had never seen, something we had never we thought we had never seen. So um, I'm I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm gonna leave uh, a little bit more on the bone for uh, we got two weeks. We got two weeks. I touch back on it. You know what I'm saying? I'll be back. Let's get let's get to the news in the NFL, man. Kellen Moore to the Philadelphia Eagles as the offensive coordinator. My reaction to this is, um, I think it's a good move. I th- I think it's a good move. I'm not confident. To me, it's not a um, yeah, let's go. It ain't one of those moves. If you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, you got to look at it. You got to be thinking. All right, Kellen did have a good offense with the Dallas Cowboys. He was in the East. He knows how competitive it is. He know he he he's experienced. He knows how to call plays. Although you might have a, a little bit of trepidation to um how pass happy he is, but the trepidation I got that from Stephen A. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, just um, it has to be an upgrade from Brian Johnson. Um. And it's got to be, uh, I, don't, I don't know. You, you, you got to be pleased with this pickup. You, you, it's got to be looking like, all right, you're trying. You get what I'm saying? Um, they did go 5-12 and 12 last year, and I know that Justin Herbert got hurt last year, but they weren't looking good when he wasn't out there. And it wasn't really the offense's fault, but it wasn't, the offense wasn't, it didn't seem as though it changed from the previous year. I'm going to say that. It didn't look like Kellen Moore made an imprint on that offense. I will say that. And then you think about on the dollar side of him leaving, Dak Prescott had a career year. Now, he had the same old failures in the playoffs. But listen, we know we look at Dak Prescott for the regular season. And he had one of his best regular seasons. He's a MVP finalist. So listen, um, I think it's a good move, but it's not a slam dunk. It's not a slam dunk. You see what my man Jim Harbaugh did. Hey, listen, man. Uh... Appreciate your time, but we're going to holler at you. Uh, your services are no longer needed around Los Angeles, playboy. Let's move over to Los Angeles. Joe Hortis, the former director player of person, director of player personnel in Baltimore, is now the GM to Jim Harbaugh for the Los Angeles Chargers. My reaction to this is just, wow. Like, to me, I love it because... No matter what you want to say about what happened with the Ravens on um, Sunday is that, you know, the Harbaugh's compete. And the fact that he stole somebody that was already in-house with the Baltimore Ravens who constructed this, this team that if Jim Harbaugh is coaching, with Justin, if Justin Herbert had a defense like that, with Jim Harbaugh coaching, oh my goodness gracious, I can't wait to see the clash of the titans of Jim Harbaugh and Andy Reid. And I feel, I feel like that rivalry might refuel Andy Reid because the, the shit is becoming mundane in the AFC West. You feel what I'm saying? And he's a, he grew up, he, he's an NFC East dude. You know what I'm saying? In the AFC West, it's holy. I ain't never seen a season where the NFC East ain't competitive in some form or fashion. You get what I'm saying? So I think Jim Harbaugh, him coupling with the former director of player personnel in Baltimore to be his GM of the Los Angeles Chargers is going to be a perfect match in heaven. Um, I see them being back possibly by next season. I ain't going to say this season. I ain't going to be a homer like that. But we'll see some. We'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. Um, 
and they already got their quarterback, so it's no uh, worries right there. Um, so for me, I love the move. I think it's a perfect match. Um, yeah, you got you, listen. You about to have Baltimore West. That's that's all I'm gonna say, man. Because that's what the Niners was when he was. That's what that's what we was when when Jim was coaching us. We was what we are now, but probably just a little bit more physical because we had the running quarterback aspect. Even with Alex Smith, he used to run the quarterback, bro. That man don't care. Justin Herbert going to be running the ball. Mark my words, Justin Herbert is going to be running that rock. He's going to be running that pill. You feel what I'm saying? Let me touch on the other huge news, though. Not nobody leaving. Ben Johnson. News that he is staying with the Detroit Lions, giving out news to the Washington Commanders and what other other poor ass team is out there still looking for a coach that he is staying with the Detroit Lions. He feels as though he has unfinished business and he wants to try to bring back a Lombardi to Detroit. Um, to me, this is dope, man. This is what sports is about. It's about, um, and this is how you know that they building something true right there. They building something real in Detroit is that he didn't want to just leave. You get what I'm saying? Just like with uh, Michigan last year. And I, I hope they are not doing it just because of that, because then it's, it's going to bite you in the ass. I hope you really feel this way, Ben. But um, just like Michigan with last year, just like um, players in past taking pay cuts just so they can get another shot with a with, with maybe Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you get what I'm saying? Um, DeMarcus Ware, these type of dudes. Um, and it's uh, what sports is about. It's, it's not about I. It's not about saying, listen, I'm going to take my opportunity right now. It's about the team and what he's built, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the literal tears that we've seen on hard knocks from Jamal Williams. Um, they poured their heart and souls into these into this Detroit Lions team. And um, it's impressive to see them sticking it out, man. I just wanted to tip my cap to them. Let's flip the script. Let's flip the script. Let's flip the coin. Let's get to the motherfucking NBA. You know what I'm saying? We got Stephen Curry and Sabrina Ionescu. I hope I did not butcher her name. I didn't try it while I was coming in, but you know, getting into the NFL, well, the pronunciation kind of got away from me, but, so, but Steph and Sabrina have agreed to the first ever NBA versus WNBA three-point contest this year at the NBA all the yeah the NBA All-Star game. Um shouts out to uh Steph and Sabrina. You feel what I'm saying? Sabrina has made such a splash with the Liberty. I, I believe the Liberty have won two or three rings in a row. He's she's just been um no actually that's been uh that's been uh, Asia Wilson and them. That's been the Las Vegas Aces and them. My bad, y'all. My bad. But but Liberty been up there recently. Liberty been up there. Sabrina Ionescu has been doing her thing, shooting the lights out. Um, I believe she set the three-point record for the three-point contest in the WNBA, hitting 37. That sounds like she didn't miss. God damn, sis. You feel what I'm saying? The rules are very specific. Steph is going to be shooting from the NBA three with an NBA basketball, of course. And Sabrina will be shooting from the WNBA three with the WNBA basketball, of course. Um, does Sabrina have a shot, though? Does Sabrina have a shot? Yonescu, a deep one. is good. And ask you, I was close on the pronunciation, but um, yes, she has a shot. As you clearly see, Ma got a shot. You feel what I'm saying? She has a range. She's consistent. And uh, she's nice. 
you feel what I'm saying? Like she remind me of stuff when you watch her. Be, and and shouts out to this whole little thing because it had me looking into her highlights. I probably would have never looked into her highlights, but she nice handles, get to the rim, shot. She 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 remind me of a female version of stuff, man. But does she have a shot against the greatest shooter? Yeah. Curry fires, connects. For me, of course. Of course he does. Um, it's gonna be fun. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see it. Of course, I'm going with Steph Curry just because it's Steph. But I love the com- competitive nature of Stephen Curry and how much he loves the game that he's paying attention to the, what's going on in the WNBA and what uh, Sabrina Ionescu is doing over there and the fact that he said, "Listen, we gotta we gotta figure out who the best three point shooter in the world is." You feel what I'm saying? And they got it together. They they about to get it in, man. Shouts out to them, man, and shout out to the to the competitors out there, man. That's what it's all about. Like, uh, that's what it's all about for me. You get what I'm saying? Like, when we when we do anything, I'm going to try to crush you. But um, I still love you at the end of the day. You feel what I'm saying? I'm still paying attention. I'm still paying attention. Let's stay in Golden State. Steph steps in on the Golden State Warriors plans. Uh, I believe maybe last month sometime. Probably was about around December because I feel like it was some time between the news that the Golden State Warriors said that everybody wasn't going to be on the table at the trade deadline besides Stephen Curry. And then just recently, as the trade deadline is approaching, they skirt. Let's turn this drone around. Hey, listen, we're going to keep the uh, group together unless Steph say otherwise. You get what I'm saying? So for me, Steph, um, Steph Curry is a, the the Golden State Warriors. And I don't know why it took so long because I feel like Steph definitely stepped in and was like, listen, man, we're not going to get rid of Clay and Draymond for anybody. Like it has to be a, a true piece that I feel like I can win a championship with this year or next year, seeing as though they so far back this year. You get what I'm saying? So, um, my reaction is just, uh, I feel like Steph is like everybody else, where it's like he feels, well, not everybody else, because everybody is saying that they should break him up because he's been playing so well. But I feel like Steph is a loyal dude. He wants to try to figure it out with the core. And um, I feel like he feels as though they're like the San Antonio Spurs and that they should retire together. And I feel like he feels like um, Draymond and Clay is probably not too far from that. Like they might have one more year in them. You get what I'm saying? So play, I mean, Steph is going to play because he keeps up on his, on his condition. His shot, the shot is the last thing to go. So listen, I, I expect to see Steph for some time, but Clay and Dre, I expect them to be uh, tapping out real soon. And I think uh, Steph finds it very important for them to retire as Golden State Warriors. So um, shout out to Steph Curry and his power, man. NBA scoring surge, though, man. Um, I didn't put this in as a ticker. But I just wanted to speak on this. We've seen in the past, uh, what, week, week and a half, uh, Devin Booker scoring 64 in a loss, 62 in a loss, um, Carl Anthony Towns, 62 in a loss. Then you had um, Joel Embiid set the 76ers franchise record for points in the game with 70 in a win. Shouts out to him. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo had 64 early in the season. What's going on with the with the scoring surges? Because it was like before you would see these scoring outbreaks and that'll be it maybe for the year maybe another one later on in the year you wouldn't see three in a week's people score 60 plus for me this is a bad thing for the nba 
um, they have to figure out what they're going to do with the regular season because that's a clear issue is that pe- the players don't get up for the regular season. And they get, I mean, f- for me, they have to figure out a way to get the bad teams to compete because that's the only way. But it's such a star-driven league in that it's the NBA. When you got the best players, like, they can affect the entire game, play both sides. It's, it's hard. You get what I'm saying? So I, the, the – the 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 bottom level teams like it's so much tank like people rather tank in the NBA than compete more than any other sport. You get what I'm saying? Like you don't see that much turnover like you see in every in the NFL and uh in a, in, uh NHL MLB where teams just flip it over because listen, teams is just trying to get that next superstar. Teams just want that next LeBron James, that next Victor uh Wimbenyama. So for me, it's a bad thing for the NBA. I know OG Dave. He had a great uh, suggestion. He wasn't the only one that I heard here, but I'm going to give him the props for this one because he's the one that said it on my show. Um, it's, they got to shorten the season. They definitely got to shorten the season. And I know they don't want to do it because it's a, it's, it's a money issue, but they shorten the season, keep the in-season tournament. I feel like the views for the season will go through the roof, in my opinion. But I don't know. Maybe they have some uh, numbers to kind of combat that. That's from the outside looking in. But yeah, I do think that shortening the season would help out. But it's it's bad right now. You get what I'm saying? Like like uh Pat McAfee said, you got Luka Doncic basically strolling to the lane for a layup as he's dropping what 64. Luka has 64 too. Damn, I forgot about Luka. So yeah, man. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. You feel what I'm saying? But um, let's get into why so much criticism for the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm just hearing um. Uh, everybody still um, being super critical of the Milwaukee Bucks. I know Stephen A. spoke on why they're so highly criticized, but to me, this is just something that's um, unprecedented, unprecedented to me. I I was around, I was watching sports talk shows when the super team, the first super team that I remember really being constructed, the Los Angeles Lakers, the early Los Angeles Lakers, when you had Carl Malone, Gary Payton join the Los Angeles Lakers of Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, and they just thought they was going to walk into a Larry O'Brien. You get what I'm saying? Like, nobody ever talks about that super team. But that was a team that, I mean, I don't, I, I can't really harp on how well they started off that year, so I ain't going to get on that uh um, Stephen A might get my ass on that one, but uh, let's talk about the Miami Heat. They came down first year. They didn't start. They didn't shoot out the gates. I believe they ended up being the number one seed in the East, but they lost the finals that year. The next year they won the finals. They was the number two seed in the East. So right now the Milwaukee Bucks are the number two seed in the East, and I just feel as though that the Milwaukee Bucks get so much criticism because a lot of people don't like Giannis. and a lot of people don't like Damian Lillard. Like when you think about it, no national media heads. Favorite player is Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll see the Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. Nobody really says Giannis Antetokounmpo is their favorite player. And then Damian Lillard, he doesn't get spoken of highly. The only time you really speak on him was when he was having these crazy scoring outbursts or when he had to trade. And then people were like, oh, well, dang, he is a seven-time All-Star. He was holding up the Blazers for all this time, but how good is he really? Is he good enough for you to get rid of Drew Holiday? Everybody all of a sudden is a huge Drew Holiday fan. And I hate to do this because Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. He's great. But the Milwaukee Bucks was giving up 124 points per game 
to the number eight seed Miami Heat last year. I don't think Damian Lillard was in the backcourt last year. I know who was in the backcourt last year. I know who was yelling in Drew Holiday face last year as he was giving him all the smoke he was looking for. It was Jimmy Butler. So when you look at the past two years, because I'm talking about even the previous year, when they were defending their title and Chris Middleton got hurt in the playoffs and Giannis was doing everything he could, where was Drew at? Did he give us a 30-burger? Did he was he was he was he a Robin to the Batman at any point? Did he ever take over? Because I remember Al Horford went in the game for the Boston Celtics in that series with a 30 burger. Man couldn't miss from three that game. I'm like, where did this come from? He had an amazing defensive play in that series. I believe it was on Marcus. No, I think it was on Jalen Brown, actually. I think it was on Jalen Brown. But other than that, he was a no-show. And then last year, like I said, 124 points per game to the number eight seed Miami Heat. And he was out there. So let's stop sitting up here talking like he's Gary Payton. Like they traded away Gary Payton for for Damian Lillard. You get what I'm saying? Drew is nice. Drew is is amazing. But he didn't show up the past two playoffs when they needed him. And when you think about when they really won, it was because Chris Middleton stepped up as the closer and Giannis Antetokounmpo was amazing. Now, of course, Drew was there. He was nice. He's a nice third piece. Let me uh, move on. Let's get into the uh, predictions before I end off another live. Get y'all on y'all Tuesday night away. We got the Pacers and Celtics on right now. 59-76. I'm not even going to go out here and go out on a limb and say that the Pacers going to come back from the 17-point deficit at TD Garden. Give me the Boston Celtics, clearly. Uh, 76ers at the Golden State Warriors. I feel like this depends on if Joel Embiid is going to play. I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors because I'm still rocking with the Dubs, even though they, they in a down year. It's still Warriors. Motherfuckers used to hate when I was in the bar screaming that, bro. You feel, I feel like I'm from the Bay. Hey, Bay, holla at me. Holla at me, Bay Area. You feel what I'm saying? Golden State Warriors. Give me them over the Philadelphia 76ers. Y'all know what it is, though. This is Mad Busy Sports Live Edition. Championship round recap. Lamar Jackson backlash. Is it deserving? Are people too extreme? Super Bowl preview. This is the rematch, punks. What's at stake in the Super Bowl? Keller Moore to the Philadelphia Eagles. 5-12 and 12 this year. Should the Philadelphia Eagles fans feel happy? Joe Hortis to the Los Angeles Chargers. Former director of player personnel in Baltimore. What do y'all think of that move for the Los Angeles Chargers to be the GM? For Jim Harbaugh's team, Stephen Curry versus Sabrina Ionescu, three-point contest, first ever NBA versus WNBA contest. Does Sabrina have a chance? Who do y'all have winning it? Steph steps in. No breakup unless Steph is involved for the core Warriors, for the core championship Warriors. Um, What do y'all think about that? What's y'all reaction? Is Steph tripping? NBA scoring surge, good or bad for the NBA? What's y'all solution? Why so much criticism around the Bucks? 124 points per game given up to Miami in the playoffs last year. They was already going on this trajectory without Damian Lillard. Pacers at Boston Celtics. Pacers getting beat on right now. And who do y'all have in the Golden State Warriors at the Philadelphia 76ers? Let me know what y'all think. Mad Mizzy Sports Live. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Listen, alert.
Busy World Entertainment. Have a good night.